It's time for Atomic Monsoon with your hosts, Jedi Stephanie. Guess who's number one now? Josh. Oh, I didn't know watch a single season of The Bachelor. Why is my <laughs> who's saying I want to watch The Bachelor? And Psycho Andy. My hands are only wet because I watched them. There's no other reason for that. And now, it's Atomic Monsoon. Hey, Andy. Hey, Stephanie. So, you know when you told me the other day that I should that we should talk about the best of both worlds? Yeah, yeah, the the season three finale and season four opener of Star Trek: The Next Generation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it took me a few moments in a conversation with my husband to realize you were not talking about the theme song to Hannah Montana. <laughs> no, no, I was not. <laughs> you know in what fact, I did. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, uh, other than this conversation right now, I have never talked about the theme song to Hannah Montana. But you know what songs I do talk about? The ones by Def M Records that introduce Atomic Monsoon. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Yay! <laughs> yes, uh, check out our friends at Def M Records uh, at defmrecords.bandcamp.com. That's D E A F M R E C O R D S. Uh, and and support the guys that help make our theme music. And welcome to Atomic Monsoon, guys. Oh, yeah, that's this show. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys have figured out we are going to be talking about Star Trek Next Generation, uh, specifically those episodes titled The Best of Both Worlds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And speaking of The Best of Both Worlds, we have The Best of Both Worlds at your house uh, on the line today. Indeed, we do. After so many times of mentioning him on the show, we have finally got him to join us. Ladies and gentlemen, my husband, Connor. <laughs> Permission to beam aboard. <laughs> Granted. Make it so. <laughs> Engage. Energize. All of the above, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank, so... you, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, Stephanie mentioned that uh, you you have watched all of the Star Treks or or close to all of the Star Treks and uh, that you would be a good, knowledgeable guest to have on. And I thought, well, you know what? I've suggested literally every other guest we've had on. So <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Sure. Well, glad to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. So, yeah, um, this you guys were, were I guess, rewatching Next Gen, and Stephanie was watching it for the first time. Yes. And and uh, you know, we we have done a couple of things where we'll talk about an entire season of a show, and I was like, man, that's not a bad idea. Except the thing about Star Trek is that the entire season is like twenty six movies, yeah. and we did that once <laughs> in our <laughs> in our Marvel Cinematic Universe episode. Oh we boy. Did. Um. Uh. But. Boy, yeah, that was that was rough. Um, I mean, it came out fine. Like, I think that episode's still one of our our more fun episodes. But uh, still one of my like ten seconds for each movie. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, rather than and like, I didn't really want to rewatch the first season of Next Gen. Like, I don't think that the first season is as terrible as its reputation. Uh, ha- you know, but. It's difficult. It's a little bit of a slog, that's for sure. There there are some episodes that I just don't necessarily care to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
And I thought, okay, what about, is there, is there one episode that stands out? And I thought, oh, yes, of course there is. Mm-hmm. It's the best of both worlds. It's right in the title. It's the best. It's the best it one. Is, it is the best of both. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, and, I mean, on Atomic Monsoon, we've talked about Transformers. We've talked about video game, serial, Star Wars. You name it, we've probably talked about it. But we haven't talked about the other big name in sci-fi, which is Star Trek. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I know we've mentioned Star Trek at some yeah. point there, but yeah, we haven't haven't really gotten into it. Um, mm-hmm. I was a kid when Next Generation started, and my dad was a fan of the original Star Trek, so of course we watched Next Gen. Sure, sure. Um, I remember watching the episode where Tasha Yar dies, like live, or I mean, as live as television is. Um, and I remember thinking it was weird that like. Oh, this TV show killed a main character. <laughs> this is this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially for a character that was established like she was, and and so well liked, at least. Yeah, from... yeah. Um, I mean, so fandom was a little bit different in 1987, 1988 when the show started, because uh, we didn't really have the internet. Like, there were some very early message boards and Usenet groups, but. Uh, 99% of the population plus was not online discussing, you know, their shared. Sure. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, it's hard to say like truthfully what the vibe was at the time, but I remember for myself being a, a elementary school aged kid thinking, oh, they, they just killed Lieutenant Yar. What? Uh, but that episode set the stakes for this episode a couple of years later. And uh, I think we should uh, let's let's get into a brief summary of it, I guess. And then yeah. we'll talk about some of the finer details. And I promise we will not do 75 percent of the episode of summary this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Cool. So Steph, so- why, why, don't, uh, why don't you guys start us off and then. Uh, with part one and then I'll do part two and uh, then we'll go from there. Okay. So I, for pardon everyone, please forgive me if I do not explain this well, <laughs> Connor, you may need to jump in if I do not explain Certainly. this well, but um, yeah, yeah, we, I, I, yeah, we should definitely, you know, this is Stephanie's first time through watching star Trek, the next generation. So, you know, Hey, we know that there's some super fans out there. We know there's people who have watched every episode a million D times. Um, this is Stephanie's first try. So, Hey, she's slack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's jumping on board. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. In every sense of that phrase. Indeed. So, yeah. So, um, I, so from what I recall, the episode starts with, um, the enterprise, Manned by, you know, Captain by uh, Captain Picard and uh, his crew. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they head to, I don't remember the name of the planet, but they're going there for some, like, distress call. Or no, they're going, no, they're going there to pick up uh, a crew, if I recall correctly. That includes... You actually, you actually got it with a discre- distress call. That's it. Oh, okay, it was a distress it. call. Okay. Um, so they go there for a distress call. Um... God, I really, I'm really trying to put the pieces together. Um, so they go there for the distress call. They go to answer it. And while there, they meet up with, I believe, a general and a new, um, 
commander, correct? Pretty close, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Admiral Hanson and Lieutenant Commander Shelby. Shelby. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so they get they get to the planet, and they're supposed to be at like a like a village, and mm-hmm. it's not there. There's just a crater. Yes, and I remember that so part. Then we cut to the theme song, and we come back, and uh, Admiral <laughs> Hanson and Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant Commander Shelby are on board the Enterprise, speaking with Picard and Riker. That's right. Trying to figure uh, out what the hell happened. That's right, because they're trying to figure out what happened to the to the town, mm-hmm. and why there's just nobody there, no survivors, and the admiral mentions to Picard about the fact of why hasn't Riker taken on a you know a ship of his own, a command of his own, mm-hmm. and Picard's like I don't know, and he mentions that Shelby is a good candidate for stepping in as his potential next first officer, and there's this whole thing through both episodes between Riker and Shelby, where they're just kind of butting heads with each other. Because Riker's like, mm-hmm. no, I am the first officer here. You're just a lieutenant commander. And she's like, yeah, but I'm coming for your job. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you left that and... an important detail of this conversation. Yes, please point it out. <laughs> uh, Admiral Hansen thinks that the reason the colony disappeared is because of the Borg. Yes, I was getting mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just establishing that that whole got it thing between those two because it is kind of a, a big thing with the ep- with the set of episodes. For but sure. yeah, no. So the Borg, uh, who we saw episodes before when Q decided to throw them like millions of light years, in, like you know, away from Earth and everything in the in the central galaxy that they travel through, and said, "Yeah, here's the Borg. Uh, they are going to be a threat later." <laughs> and pretty much flash forward to now the Borg has now caught up with them and has pretty much just destroyed this whole town. And I think maybe a a more appropriate um, uh, synopsis with that, of that, at least not necessarily destroyed, but they assimilated the town, which is Mm -hmm. arguably a lot more terrifying than just uh, simply destroying it. Fair. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, so they just, they think it's the Borg and they decide to investigate further to see if it actually is. Uh, and then pretty much while they're investigating, the Borg show up. Yeah. And they demand Picard to be aboard and not exactly negotiate with them, but pretty much just says, you know, lower your race shield, you lower your shields, don't fire at us, give us Picard, we want to talk. And they pretty much take Picard. And uh, yeah, not even we want to talk. It's just give us Picard. Yeah, or we're that's gonna it. blow you up. End of discussion. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they give him Picard, and they don't, they don't no. give him Picard. Oh, no, they don't. They, that's they, right. Uh, the 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 Borg um, just uh, allow themselves onto the Enterprise. And, oh, that's right. Uh, and take Picard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. They they fight. There's no, and... there's, there's not even a fight. There's not even a discussion. I think no. the, uh, the Enterprise crew maybe disables one of the Borg, but he yeah. ends up being transported yeah. off anyways, and they take Picard as a result of that brief encounter. Yeah, yeah, I think Riker kills one. The next one shows up. He tries to kill it. That one throws him. Worf tries to t- stop him. He gets thrown, and then Picard gets taken. Right. Because I just remember people going flying, so. <laughs> and so here's the thing about Next Generation. You know a threat is a total badass when they knock down Worf. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've come to learn that to be the case. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a it's a thing that they do a lot in that show because it is. is yes, Worf doesn't get thrown around a bit. Worf Worf might get beat up the most out of anyone on the crew, but he's also like the biggest, most badass member of the crew. So, an easy way to establish like, hey, this thing is for real is eh, beat up Worf. Yeah, yeah. throw <laughs> Worf around a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So they take Picard, and then they pretty much. I don't know the way to, the best way to describe it, but they pretty much use their Borg technology and they take over Picard's mind. Yeah, they assimilate. And they pretty much implant him and to say, "Yeah, no, you're going to be our representative in the, you know, the Federation and everything." And the, for the assimilation of of the Federation and all of uh, yeah, all of Earth, effectively. Yeah, and then it pretty much ends with Picard calling the Enterprise you know, telling them about this and the Enterprise is just going there going like, uh, what? <laughs> Locutus yeah. of Borg tells the Enterprise to then prepare for assimilation. Yeah. That's so right. you also missed that uh, Shelby and Jordy and, and the crew were coming up with a plan to use the Enterprise's deflector dish. That's right. Um, to fire a giant blast to potentially destroy the Borg ship. Yeah. Um, which is important because that's like literally the episode ends with, you know, I am Lucidus of Borg, prepare to be assimilated, and uh, Riker saying, "Mr. Worf, fire, fire the deflector dish." Yep. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. Hey, look, you got to give me credit that I no, remember as sure. much as I did. Oh yeah, it was for it was sure. Great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so here's the thing about before we get into the summary of part two, I want to point out episode one aired June eighteenth, nineteen ninety. Part oh. two. Beginning the beginning of season four, episode uh, aired September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety. You had to wait wow. three months and a day because it was the end of a season and the start mm -hmm. of the next season. So oh. literally, the show ends with the Enterprise telling uh, with the, the the new the the interim captain of the Enterprise telling his crew to fire on Picard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can yeah. imagine it's it's like the. You know, how you would have experienced uh, episode five of Star Wars heading into six. I mean, what, you know. Right. Yeah. It's it, like, I, I have to wait. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, first of all, Next Gen didn't. This is the second two-parter ever in Star Trek. <laughs> uh, after, is it the Menagerie in original series? Menagerie yeah. part so, one, too. Yep. Yeah. So, like, Star Trek didn't do two-parters often. No. Like, they saved it. This is also only the second appearance of the Borg. Uh, it's the first time we see someone get assimilated. Like we're seeing how scary and threatening they are. You know, okay. they go onto the Borg ship and it looks like, um, like an HR Giger painting come to life, <laughs> except everything's technological instead of aliens and, uh, <laughs> genitals. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, boom, here we go. Uh, yeah. and then it ends fire. And it's like, okay, next week reruns. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. So so it's never been confirmed or denied, but over that summer, uh, it was believed that Patrick Stewart's contract had come up, and he was in negotiations oh about whether or not and back with the the show. So there was a very real possibility that the show was going like season four was going to begin with Riker as the captain and Shelby as first officer. Crazy. Oh my god, that would have been so different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, jumping forward to September, uh, the episode opens with the, defect, the de deflector dish uh, being blasted. The blast coming out, being fired at the Borg ship. Uh, 
mm-hmm. and it has no effect. <laughs> and Riker mutes. There's no way that the Borg could have adapted for the attack that quickly. Uh, one of the things about the Borg that we we forgot to mention is that they um, adapt to any sort of a, a physical attack very quickly. So mm-hmm. um, they're constantly having to retune their phasers to different frequencies so that the Borg have to like re like they can get in a couple of shots before the Borg adapt to it. So this right. is a, a brand new weapon that they've never used before, and the Borg have already adapted to it. How? I don't know. Oh. Turns out Lacutus reveals that all of the knowledge and experience of Picard is now part of the Borg Collective, and that has prepared them for any eventuality that he would know about. Ah, oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the theme song happens. Uh, so then the Borg cube starts heading towards Earth. The Enterprise can't pursue because it needs repairs uh, based on all of the attacks and you know the amount of energy that they've used pursuing the Borg up to this point. Um, on a teleconference call with all the senior officers, Admiral Hansen says that they've got 40 Starfleet, sh- uh, Starfleet ships waiting to intercept the Borg. Um, additionally, the Klingons are sending some warships, and they've even considered opening communications with the Romulans, who are just straight up their enemies. Yep. Um, so Hansen says, you know, there's listen, there's no way that Picard would willingly assist the Borg, so we need to consider him to be a casualty of war and just dead. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he then promotes Riker to captain of the Enterprise, and exactly nobody is happy about that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, on back on the Borg cube, we see Locutus being further assimilated and having more uh, uh, stuff added to him. Um, and we see, as a needle is injected to him, Picard sheds a tear. Uh, the back on the Enterprise, the crew is repairing everything. Uh, the Borg have made contact with Starfleet, the Starfleet Armada that was waiting for them, um, and that battle did not go well. Unless you're the Borg. Mm-hmm. Um, in another senior officer's meeting, Riker informs that, uh, for the time being at least, Lieutenant Commander Shelby will be first officer officer of the Enterprise because of her experience with the Borg. They need that right now, and it's not a good time to change up um, everyone else's positions. Uh, they discuss some possible tactics for survival or defeating the Borg, but there's no obvious answers. Um, Riker goes into the captain's quarters and then uh, Guinan, played by Whoopi Goldberg, shows up and she says that a lot of people in the ship's bar 10 forward are expecting to die. Um, And she explains that when a man is convinced he's going to die tomorrow, he'll probably find a way to make that happen. The only one who could turn this around is you. And, um, you know, says, hey, like, this sucks. If they had killed Picard, this whole thing would be a lot easier, but they didn't. They took him away from us piece by piece and turned him against us. Uh, And you have to let Picard go. Um, the Enterprise Enterprise arrives at the remnants of the battle scene, and all of the remain all that remains of that battle are burnt out husks of various starships, including the Melbourne, which was the ship that Riker at the beginning of Part One had turned down so mm-hmm. that he could stay on the Enterprise. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of a nice like, I mean, nice isn't the right word, but kind of a like, hey, you know, Riker this was. This is where you belong, right? Yeah, Riker made the right choice because <laughs> if he had made another choice, he would have been dead or assimilated. Mm-hmm. Um, so Riker comes up with a scheme that involves Shelby's plan of separating the saucer section from the uh, star drive section of the battleship of the Enterprise um, and he's counting on the Borg knowing of this plan because they had mentioned it with Picard before he was abducted uh, Riker contacts Lacutus to discuss terms of surrender Lacutus responds by saying that a meeting is unnecessary and eventually everyone will be assimilated anyways 
they continue on with the plan. The Enterprise separates, and the plan plays out exactly as he expected Picard would respond. Um, Data and Worf take a shuttle, uh, shuttlecraft over to the Borg cube. They board it, uh, knock out a few Borg with modified phasers, and Worf wrestles with the Locutus. Data injects something into his neck. I didn't catch exactly what that was. Uh, and the three of them were transported back onto the shuttlecraft and then to the Enterprise uh, while the Borg are destroying the shuttlecraft. So the Starfleet now has Locutus on the Enterprise. Um, the Borg ship flees, continuing its path towards Earth. The Enterprise recombines. Um, Dr. Crusher attempts to revive Picard from and separate him and Locutus, but they can't. Um, and then there's a <laughs> there's a quick clip that um, the YouTuber Linkara, who refuse, reviews old uh, bad comic books, he's basically the angry video game nerd for comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses, anytime there's like annoying techno babble, he uses this clip of data in his episodes uh, with the, the phrase, using multimodal reflecting sorting, I have been able to detect a complex series of subspace signals between Locutus and the Borg ship. And he just kind of keeps going on. Um, anyways, it was kind of fun to see like, oh, that's, that's, this is the episode where that comes from. Great. <laughs> Um, eventually Dr. Crusher and Data are able to create a neural link between Data and Locutus to gain access to the Borg hive mind. Uh, Data breaks through, but is unable to record override commands due to, uh, security protocols. Um, however, Picard breaks free for just a moment and says the word sleep. Crusher thinks that, uh, Picard is talking about how exhausted he is, but Data says, no, it's not, he's not talking about his physical state. He's talking, he's giving me a command. Uh, so Data suggests that all the Borg effectively go to sleep. They all head back to their regeneration state. Um, a, a Commander Shelby-led away team goes to investigate the Borg uh, cube, and yep, they're all plugged in and, and sleeping. Um, but something, and this was this was a bunch of techno babble, so pardon me, but like something about that command caused a weird feedback loop amongst the Borg. Um, so Riker gets the away team back onto the Enterprise and commands the Enterprise away. The cube ends up self-destructing and Picard is released from the Borg hive mind. Um, And when they ask him what he remembers, he says everything. Uh, The episode ends with Shelby being assigned to the task force to help rebuild Starfleet. Riker stays on as first officer of the Enterprise and Picard has the Borg implants and augmentations removed, but he's left pretty traumatized. Mm -hmm. There you go. Jeez, yeah. Um, so. so one thing I found really interesting uh, when I was doing some research for this is that the word locutus is a Latin word for the phrase he who has spoken. Hmm. Um, which is kind of perfect for that character, especially when you consider that the Borg's naming convention is always otherwise like three of five or seven of nine or two of 12 or mm-hmm. whatever. And it was like, oh, why did Picard get a different name? Like, oh, because it it means the thing that he is going to be is the spokesperson for the Borg in like, with humans. So hmm. yeah. The more you know. Yeah. Uh, so what'd you think? So, ah, uh, well, you know, what's interesting is that when we talked about potentially doing this episode, talking about Star Trek, mm-hmm. uh, specifically next gen in these episodes, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Obviously, this is you said this is the most famous set of episodes from Next Gen, meaning I've probably seen memes of it. I've probably seen it somewhere. 
And oddly enough, as we're watching the episode and I'm seeing, you know, Picard covered in, you know, the Borg uh, implants and everything, mm-hmm. I suddenly go, oh, yeah, no, I've seen, I'm not clips, but I've seen photos from this before. Just sure. didn't realize it was these episodes. I actually low-key thought it was the series finale. Fair enough, yeah. Because yeah. it seems very series finale-ish in the way that it flowed. <laughs> it certainly does. Yep. <laughs> um but yeah, no, it was, those were like some really, those are really good episodes. Uh, I definitely enjoyed them. Uh, oddly enough, when the first episode ended and it had the dun-dun-dun, uh, dun-dun-dun, you know, theme mm-hmm. and everything saying to be continued, uh, I immediately thought of the Family Guy episode where they used that exact thing, except after it finished <laughs> To going, extreme effect. Yeah, except after it said to be continued, it immediately went, right now (laughs) (laughs) so it was short-lived because it was supposed to be a joke but it was just the thing where i'm sitting here going like oh when 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 i have to almost like reverse a family guy reference where it's like i see it in family guy and then i see the original i'm like oh yeah 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 uh uh yeah it's uh in my research for all of this i found that the seth MacFarlane company actually tried um, to license that song so that they could use it in that Family Guy gag. Mm-hmm. And uh, for whatever reason, they couldn't come to terms with Paramount over it. And so they actually got the composer to write a sound-alike song to his own song. Variation. Funny. <laughs> so, yeah. I think what's most, what's most curious about this episode, um, Stephanie mentioned it here as well, that this is actually, um, you know, as, as most Star Trek nerds will know, this is the second time we've actually encountered the Borg. But, mm-hmm. you know, something that happened in this episode that made them um, a lot more of a threat, I would say, is the, the fact the first time we saw them, they were all about, you know, kind of more... I don't know, I guess a colder approach to they wanted to, you know, assimilate technology. You know, we see them for the most part ignoring the Enterprise for the vast majority of that early episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in here there was a bit of a, a, a character focus where, you know, instead of just assimilating technology, um, you know, they actually wanted to um, assimilate the the people. You know, and I think obviously that's one of the the strong suits of of next generation is obviously the characterization, but this focus on, you know, how, how humanity as its core is, you know, focused on, on exploration and, you know, being curious. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that's that, that portion of Picard that's really terrifying that they, that they obviously take advantage of. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Star Trek, I mean, at least the original series and Next Gen and I would say Deep Space Nine is it's very, um, yeah, like, hey, we kind of figured out Earth. Like, we got everything working there. Let's, I mean, it, right, the, the opening line, the thing is space, the final frontier, right? So it's, hey, we've, we've, we figured out everything that we've got. So let's go explore more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think um, in one of the, the first uh, first few episodes where you really get a sense as to, you know, what the next what next generation is, is the um, Picard says it at one point, you know, where where humans once um, unburdened from material need are, you know, finally able to devote themselves to the higher pursuits, knowledge, justice, mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly that 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 the Borg seem to be intent on taking advantage of. Yeah, that's a good point. They are mm-hmm. they are very much about 
taking everything. Uh, yeah, man, the Borg are terrifying, right? Because, like, eventually they're just going to win. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Like, I don't... You know, I haven't seen every Borg episode, if every iteration of Star Trek, I don't believe. But I don't know how Starfleet will ever completely defeat the Borg. Because uh, no matter what you do to them, there's just more of them connected mm-hmm. somehow. Right? And like even you know it's not it's not clear but i i was under the assumption that this borg ship was not necessarily the same one that we saw in the episode q who when they first appear um and since this one has blown up like you know this one blows up like we know there are more borg ships out there right mm-hmm. um so they're just out there assimilating you know taking technology assimilating different species and races into the borg collective mm-hmm. and I mean, right? Like, how 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 do you stop that? Right? They mm-hmm. are the singular. Every new culture and species, they become exponentially more more prepared for the next culture and the next species that may that they may come across. Yeah, right. Really terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, there's um, there's there's a moment in the following episode because um, uh, you know, in the research, everyone was like, "Oh, it's kind of a trilogy." And after watching, I was like, "I mean, there's like." five minutes in this other episode that really deal with what Picard was going through and they're not even consecutive. But there's a moment where he's speaking with his brother and he says, you know, I should have been able to stop them, but they took away everything that I was Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I was watching them do it and I couldn't stop it. And even more fine. I mean, Hey, it's Halloween season, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, this is, this is a terrifying thought, but like, Hey, you're there, and someone's using your body to do something against your will. Like, I mean, the implication there is that the the Borg still somehow allow you to keep some sense of self through all of this, you know. And even though that that wasn't clear while Picard was Locutus, you know, it it definitely seemed evidence once he was not Locutus that, like you said, he was there through all of that watching, mm-hmm. but couldn't do anything. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy, I know you mentioned this to me when I when we had discussed this idea of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned to me that this is an episode where Riker is out of character, or at least seems out of character, or something. Something about Riker's character choices in this episode, these episodes. I didn't say that. No. No, you didn't um, say that. No. Who was I talking to? Connor, <laughs> I was it you? <laughs> Um, I, I don't think so. I, I actually rather like this episode because it, in my opinion, it kind of doubles down on, on why Riker is important to the series. Um, you know, he, he kind of goes against the, the, you know, everything that he's being told and all of the suggestions from everyone else. He truly does act as a captain in this scenario you know, to, to save Picard and, and rightly so, you know, if, mm-hmm. if the implication is that eventually the, the Borg will win Riker's thought process is well, you know, let's take away the one thing that is giving them this infinite edge, if you will, over, over the, um, uh, over the Federation. And that's Picard. If we take away Picard, maybe we have a chance to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know who I was talking to then because someone told me something <laughs> about his character choices in those episodes specifically. And I was like, 
okay, whatever. And because Riker, <laughs> as I've been watching the series, Riker has become like my favorite character. Sure. That's um, right. <laughs> have I become that predictable? Uh, <laughs> no, he's very much just the Obi-Wan Kenobi of the series. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The Obi-Wan with a little bit of Moroku with a little bit of, okay, you yeah, know, the tracks. Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, but I mean, like, I have thoroughly enjoyed Riker as a character, so I just, I don't know where I heard someone say that, and so it just, it threw me off. I had to get clarification while we were thinking about it. It is, um, I, I, I mean, it's been a while since I've, since I've watched uh, the first few seasons all the way through, but me? I, I do think that this is the first time that we really see Picard, uh, uh, see Riker rather, stand, like, step up and take mm-hmm. charge. Um, mm-hmm. he, he is a little bit more, uh, lighthearted. He's a little bit more, uh, playboyish maybe. Yes. Um, you know, uh, uh, and this is the first time that like, really he has to like, like be nope, serious. You're in charge. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And in fact, I think in any, a uh, good indication of that is when he wants to, to lead that away team in the, um, right. In the second episode, he's like, he's prepared to go and to do what he normally does. And, um, and the, uh, the, the temporary Lieutenant commander has to, you know, remind him, Hey, you're the captain now. That's my yeah. job to go on board. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, well, she, it, it, she, she starts to say something. He's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm in charge. And Deanna Troy is like, yeah, you're in charge. You need yeah, to you stay here. Stay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Which I'm curious, what was your guys' opinions of Shelby? Um, I think that she was written exactly as she needed to be written for this episode. For this episode okay. Yes. Okay. Um, one of the things about Next Gen that's interesting is they they uh, I think I think Doctor Pulaski is a uh, is a great example of this. Every time they introduce a, a new person, it's always adversarial, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because like when they first introduced Pulaski, like she can't pronounce Data's name correctly. Data. Everyone's yeah. like, yeah, she calls it. Yeah, she straight up calls him Data. <laughs> Um, oh, I know. I cringed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, there is kind of a sense through the first couple episodes she's on. It's like, you're not Dr. Crusher. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Right? And and as time goes on, it's sort of like, oh, no, Dr. Pulaski. Okay, yeah, she's part of the gang. That's fine. This is yeah. this is okay. And I feel like had Shelby continued on as part of the series, uh, you know, it is, th- these episodes do very much start with, you know, hey, Riker, I'm coming for your job. I want to be first command, uh, uh, you know, first officer of the enterprise. And I mean, she gets it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, does. she, she absolutely gets to become first officer of the enterprise and, uh, does a damn good job of it, you mm-hmm. know, but, but she is, you know, she's introduced as, Hey, this guy you've been watching for three seasons, I'm coming to steal his job from him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not cool. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's not, that you know, if someone came into the to, into work, you know, into your job and started saying like, "Hey, I'm coming for your job," you're gonna be like, hey, "Get out of here!" Like, what? What's the <laughs> matter with you? You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's hard to say that Shelby was not the right person to be the first officer of the Enterprise. You know, um, and and to your point, Connor, Riker's whole thing is like, yeah, he should. I mean, by all rights, Riker should be the captain of a ship at this point. You mm-hmm. know. Um, especially after seeing the way that he handles this situation, right? Like, okay, yeah, if something happened to Picard, Riker would be a great captain. Um, but mm-hmm. also, and I don't, I don't, I don't know, like, I've been in positions where, like, 
when I worked for when I used to work for Blockbuster Video, I was offered uh, assistant manager position a few times at the store I was at. And I was like, you know what? Like, I am perfectly happy just being a regular retail clerk. I am not like, I yeah, I show up. I do a good job. I do a better job than, you know, some of the other people that work here. But like uh, that level of responsibility is not where my head's at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had had I continued on with Blockbuster for a longer period of time. Yeah, I, eventually I probably would have probably would have taken an assistant manager job and eventually probably would have taken a store manager job. Um, but uh, but then again, you know, we, we run into that that same thing that, you know, we we alluded it uh, alluded to it here as well of, you know, had Riker taken that position as if you had, you know, right. Uh, Blockbuster doesn't exist now and, and neither did the <laughs> Melbourne. So, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny. I was, I was actually just going to say that. Um, <laughs> right. So so it's hard to say that Riker didn't you know, isn't making the right choices uh, for himself because, you know, hey, he's still alive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The entire rest of the are now part of the Borg. Yeah. So that's terrible. Uh, Actually, no, they're not because they would have been on that cube, which exploded. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's what I think that's what, you know, they don't really address it that much in family, um, except like you said, for those, you know, those key five minutes that are interspersed throughout the episode. But, right. um, you know, the, the truly terrifying thing is that Picard had to um, either kill or assimilate the a large portion of the Federation fleet that was um, mm-hmm. that was stationed, I believe, outside of Earth, um, you know, and, and he has to live with that now. Right. It was uh, Wolf. Three, well, three, three five, nine? five nine yes that's right yeah yes which is a real star it is actually the nearest star to Saul, the earth's sun um like in real life so that was a good place for them to have a standoff with yeah. the board because mm-hmm. like hey it's it's close so we can all get there but uh you know far enough away that like earth will still be safe hopefully right <laughs> yeah. yeah um so yeah yeah um <clears throat> I don't know. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit, you know, for my first watch through of just Star Trek, the ne- next gen in general, because I, my viewings and experiences with Star Trek were primarily the original series and the uh, James Cam- uh, that's James Cameron, the J.J. Abrams movies. Oh, sure. The yeah. J.J. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the J.J. verse. Yeah. Um, and I, so I really enjoyed the old Star Trek because it was just, it was amusing watching the campy old fighting and the, poor kind of quality that they had to work with in the time and everything like that. But I loved Spock and I loved Kirk and I loved McCoy and all those characters like that. And when the, when the, uh, when the 2009, you know, you know, JJ first came out, I thoroughly love those movies. Like, you know, Chris Pine is fantastic as James T. Kirk and, you know, (laughs) Spock is great. And it's just, I thoroughly have loved those characters, but everyone I've talked to has always said next gen is the best. You need to watch next gen. You need to experience Picard and data and Worf. And those were the only three names that I hear from the show. <laughs> um, but now that I've sat and watched some of it, I've, I admit, I actually did really like this a lot. And I see where shows like Oroville that Seth MacFarlane created yep. got a lot of influence from. Oh, or. So. is absolutely a, a love letter to next generation it is like mm-hmm. it, it, yeah i i uh i haven't watched a ton of it but i've watched I don't know, about half the first season 
and uh, it felt like I was just watching next gen with different characters. Yeah, which which is a good like that's you know it next gen's been off the air since 1993 94. So to get more of that 20 years later, like 20 mm-hmm. something years later, like hey, he, he nailed it. Yeah, which, he did. I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not the world's biggest Seth MacFarlane fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so to, to watch some episodes of the Orville and be like, Oh no, this is, yeah, this is, this is Star Trek. Okay. He, he did yeah. it. Yeah. A lot of people are kind of just surprised. Cause you know, they, when they hear Seth MacFarlane, they think family guy, they think right. Ted, they think a million ways to die in the West. They think the crude humor that he is known for. When in fact, the man created Orville, which is a fantastic sci-fi series for the modern day. Yeah. And, he also is a fan, like, if you've ever heard him sing, like, classical jazz music, like, he'll blow your socks off with how just, like, faint, like, how smooth his voice is. Interesting. Um, I have not heard him sing, but, uh... Yeah, no, just, like, hear him just sing any Frank Sinatra <laughs> song or something, and you're like, wow, like, why, is, why are we not talking about this, people? But, yeah, no, just Orville was really, really good, and we really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm still waiting for the next season to come out. I know you are, too, Connor, because we watched it together, mm-hmm. but... Watching that than watching Star Trek, I can definitely see where the love letter in, mm-hmm. like moments are. And I definitely see why a lot of people do like Next Gen. I admit I haven't watched every episode because I know Connor has gone ahead without me a, a few times. <laughs> but admittedly, now I have the energy that I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll go back and actually watch the episodes I missed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I would say, uh, you know, this is... I read some things about this and I do kind of have vague recollection of it. This, you know, the best of where next gen stopped being start it, like it, where it became the new star. Like this is star Trek now. Okay. Like, like the first couple seasons were very much like, Oh, it's okay. But it's, you know, it's not perk and Spock and, and bones and everything. But like, this was sort of the point where it's like, no, it's not that show. It's a, mm-hmm. And this is, you know, next generation is my new master. Uh, <laughs> like it, uh, yeah. This this was the point where it really solidified itself, and I, I think that from this point on, um, it it was. This, I mean, it, you know, first first few seasons are fine, but season four is really where it picks up and is like, nope, this is it now. Like, let's go. Uh, mm-hmm. They found their footing. They figured out who everyone in the cast was. The cast all figured out how to work together. Um, you know, all the growing pains were done and they could just focus on making good shows and mm-hmm. they succeeded for <laughs> the next few years. So at least mm-hmm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think the only other departure I might have from that is the, um, uh, the, the season two episode, I believe uh, measure of a man with, uh, um, where the trial for, for data's sentience is, um, oh, yes. is essentially on the docket. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'd say yeah, that's yeah. that's among the the one of the best as well because it certainly delivers some some very memorable lines of dialogue and um you know yeah. I think one of the the beauties of of the next of next generation is that it um you know it addresses those 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 hot topics is is data alive does he have sentience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and that's a that episode has a stellar performance from Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of really good episodes. Uh, I was I know a lot of people said like you know the first season or two is a little hard to get through, but there were a lot of episodes that I was 
I was a little blown away by. I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. People don't think this is that good. Or is this yeah. one of those episodes that people enjoyed and I missed the other ones? It's, it's, yeah, I would say, uh, at least with season one, I see there's less of it in season two, but, mm-hmm. um, with season one, it's not that the whole season is bad. It's that the batting average is lower. Yeah. Right. Like there's more episodes that are just okay or are, are not quite as good than there are great episodes. And as the show goes on, there are more and more great episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, it's understandable as well, because we, we have, you know, it's it's hard to think of it like this, but there's only three seasons of the, I believe, of the original series, you know, and yeah. when you spend an entire season, 22 or 23 episodes, whatever it was of the next generation kind of stumbling along, you know, of course, people are going to be like, all right, this isn't quite, you know, what what I had expected it. And it's certainly not the original series. So what's going on? Well, and it's 20 years later, right? right. So, yeah. I mean, think about <laughs> any, any, anything, you know, we're, we're, it's 2020 when we're recording this, right? Everything that we grew up with has been rebooted. But yeah. like, think about, you know, hey, the original Star Trek was the original Star Trek. And that's all that there, I mean, a couple of right. movies, but like all there was, was the original Star Trek for 20 years, mm-hmm. right? You got, we got three seasons, 60, was it 65 episodes of it? 66 episodes or something, right? right? There's, there's three seasons yeah, and that's it. And then nothing until the Star Trek, the motion picture in, uh, was it 81 that, that came out? Maybe 79. I don't know. It was, it was off the success of Star Wars for sure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. uh, Paramount was like, oh, we have one of those. We can, we can, can do that too. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe it was 79 and then Wrath of Khan was 81. I don't remember exactly. I, I, you know, I wasn't expecting to talk about this. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, so like we got a couple of the movies and then Next Generation. And so like, of course, Next Generation is going to be compared to the original one because that's all that there was, right? It's right. the same thing with the Star Wars prequels and now the the sequel trilogy, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone's always going to compare them to the first three because that's all that there was for 20 years. Um, <laughs> yep. So, yeah, like every iteration of Transformers, right, is always compared to the original because that's all there was for Transformers for so long. Uh, everything with Ninja Turtles, everything with Thundercats, right? Everything with Teen Titans. Like people hate Teen Titans Go, not because it's a bad show, but because it's not the show they wanted it to be. Yeah. And uh, Next Gen was very much the same thing until it proved itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we got, I don't know, a few minutes left. Uh, what... Just, just okay, Stephanie. You you haven't watched all the episodes yet, but so far, uh, you said Riker is probably your favorite character. Yes. Okay. Uh, Connor, who who is your favorite character in the next gen scene? Um, I think uh, without a doubt Picard. Um, okay. You know, and I know that's probably what uh, what most people think as well. Um, sure. You know, I think what's um, one of the things that they they did really well in next generation is we're, we're given this kind of future utopia, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I think what, um, uh, what makes Riker obviously a little bit different is that he's, he's a little bit more of a, of a throwback to the original series. He's very much more, you know, Kirk than, um, than Picard certainly is. And I think what's interesting about next generation is, you know, they take um, arguably the most compelling character that people would like to see as captain, and that's Spock, and do exactly that and make him the captain. Um, I agree. You know, yeah. And, and Picard is is very much that, you know, um, 
emotionate, emotionless, even keeled kind of Spock like personality, you know, where everything is kind of reviewed with this, this cold logic. Obviously he's not a, um, a, a Vulcan, but he certainly does treat most situations, um, certainly like that. And it obviously is interesting to see, you know, when, when he breaks away from that and, you know, does something, something daring. And that's, that's part of the, the beauty of, of Picard and obviously next generation. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I also really like, uh, I'm just going to say that I, li- I like data. Data is very sure. amusing and very fun. And I wish that I could, I'd done a little more research on him for when I did she kills. Cause that would have been great for uh, <laughs> Calliope. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I also really like Wesley. So I love, I like Wesley Crusher. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like Wesley Crusher. Yeah. I think he's cool. Yeah, I think, and I think uh, the hate for Wesley mostly comes from the first season, where mm-hmm. Wesley is very much the Wunderkind, and you know, every, he he <laughs> solves all the problems uh, in the first season, and yeah. eventually it's like, all right, like we get it. The kid's smart. Can can anyone else do anything now, please? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think the fact that they keep writing him off and back onto the show is kind of evidence of like the fan base is split on him, you know, and. Uh, I, I, not, I, I don't think it's I don't think Wesley's Crusher is a bad character at all. Um, but I do think that the first season definitely had a lot of Wesley centric episodes that uh, maybe exceeded the number that they needed to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I think they I personally thought that they did. Um, they they gave him a gave him a very fitting kind of character arc. I mean, obviously, you can't really, you know, live down the 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 Wunderkid um you know, kind of vibe that they give him in the first season. And obviously, right. that, you know, among a, a ship of the, the galaxies and the Federation's um, brightest and most talented people, you're right. He does save the, uh, the ship quite a bit more than you would think. Yeah. Um, you know, but they kind of double down on that as well with, you know, with, with him meeting up with the traveler again towards the, uh, in the, in the final season you know, and yeah. and Wesley resigning his commission and going with the traveler to explore all the other planes of reality, if you will. Yeah. yeah spoiler no, alert. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oops, spoiler for a show that ended 25 years ago. Yeah. yeah. But... So, Andy, who, what yeah. about you? What's it, who's who's a character you like? Oh, Jordy LaForge. Um, yeah. Jordy's excellent. Oh my yeah. Jordy's yeah. great. I, I, I love Jordy is so good at what he does. And he never believes he's as good as he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always struggling with his disability, right? Like, even though his vision is actually better than human yep. vision with his visor, <laughs> he still would trade all of that back in a, in a moment's notice to be able to just be a regular guy again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a very, a very interesting dichotomy for a character. Um, but I also really like Data, you know, Riker, uh, right. I didn't like Riker much as a kid, but as I get older, he's grown on me a lot more. Um, uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, Jordy's uh, also, I remember watching an episode of Reading Rainbow when I was a kid where they did a behind the scenes on Next Gen because, mm-hmm. you know, LeVar Burton was the host of Reading Rainbow and right. plays Jordy LaForge. So they were like, yeah, instead of talking about books, like, let's just give this special behind the scenes, like DVD feature before DVDs like just a reading rainbow about star trek and it was awesome and, i'm sitting uh, here having an existential crisis because i just now put those two together <laughs> i watched so much reading rainbow as a kid and i'm yep. now putting that together oh my god it's because the uh, visor 
It's the, yeah, it's the visor and the suit. That's definitely what's giving it away. <laughs> yeah. Also, he had a goatee most of the time during Reading Rainbow. So that's true. He was older. So yeah. No, no, it was the same time. They were on at the same time. Oh my god! Oh god! Uh, <laughs> malfunction. It's it's all good. It's all good. Uh yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, overall, two thumbs up for me. How about you guys? I would most definitely agree. Yeah. Loved it. It's great. Great. <laughs> okay, and with that, we are just about out of time. Uh, Connor, is there anywhere on the internet you want people finding you, following you, social media, uh, uh, projects you're involved in, anything? Um, not a whole lot. Um, you know, I would say for, for most of that, if you uh, if you keep up with, with Stephanie, you'll probably find me uh, close by as well. <laughs> I mean, we could all, I mean, I know you, we both have our inst- our own personal Instagrams. Of course, mine's not public anymore, and there's reasons for that. But uh, I know yours yours was public for a while there just because, uh, you know, you go, you went viral with your seven-foot-tall moving Walkman. Ah, uh, yes. But, I mean, I guess if you ever want to find both me or Connor, there's Syndicate Saver United on Facebook, guys. Check us out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, check out Syndicate Saver. But also, check out Atomic Monsoon. Yes, yeah, you can find Atomic Monsoon on, uh, where, where are we? Twitter and Facebook as Atomic Monsoon, and with the underscore between the words on Instagram, because Instagram's weird. Mm. Uh, you can email us at AtomicMonsoon at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, corrections, anything that starts with a K sound. Uh, <laughs> cake recipes, I'll take those too, you know. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> you can find some shirts and masks at our Redbubble store. Uh, and support our friends at Def M Records. Yep. Did and I forget on... anything? Oh, I find don't... all of our past episodes at AtomicMonsoon.com or your favorite podcast aggregator. And if you're finding it uh, on you know, iTunes or Google Play or whatever, please leave us a nice review and rate and subscribe to us so you don't miss an episode. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining us here. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you Set. for having me on. Of course, um, thank you for coming on, for for coming on. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and and uh, and leave you two to to wrap this up. But I just want to say uh, peace and long life. Live long and prosper. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Transform and roll out. <laughs> Warp nine. Engage. Yeah.